Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. As you've probably guessed from the title and the publishing date of this episode, this is a Valentine's special here on the Addicted Austinite. We're going to be looking into how the Georgians celebrated this holiday of love and what Valentine's Day really meant to Regency England. Before we jump straight into the 17 and 1800s and what Jane would have been doing on her Valentine's days, I thought it would be a good idea to have a look at the history of Valentine's Day and where it came from, uh, why we celebrate it and how, of course, that would have impacted um, Georgian Britain. However, (laughs) unfortunately, it's actually been quite difficult to get a definite origin of Valentine's Day. It's all mumbled and jumbled and there are lots of rabbit holes you can fall down if you really wanted to. Um, Nowadays it would seem like we have Saint Valentine pinned down, um, at least if his Wikipedia page is anything to go by, Um, but we know him as patron saint of love. Um, That isn't actually the only thing he's patron saint of. Um, Interestingly he is also the, (laughs) the saint of affianced couples uh, so those that are newly engaged. He is the saint against fainting, so if you're feeling a bit lightheaded, pray to Valentine. Um, he's also the saint of beekeepers, happy marriages, plague and epilepsy. So a very busy boy, and only about a third of those is actually romantic in nature. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you'd think that is a pretty solid explanation and that's who he was that's why we have a valentine's day unfortunately for all that we know his story today even quite early into the spread of christianity it has been questioned about who valentine was and what happened to him and why it is that we should celebrate him as far as i've been able to find um without falling down too many deep dark holes in the internet um there are three main suspects um for the man that would be valentine um or as he was known to the romans valentinus um so that confuses things as well if he's got two names anyway uh so valentine number one he was supposedly a priest in rome who was helping persecuted christians to get secretly married um, under the rule of Claudius II. Um, Claudius had put out a ban on young Christian men getting married, so Valentine was doing the Lord's work and getting these couples married uh, in Rome. And for his efforts, uh, the aforementioned Emperor Claudius uh, had him killed. So that was worth it. Um, <laughs> the same thing or a very similar thing happened to uh, contestant number two for, for Valentine. He was a completely different bloke called Valentine. Um, he was Valentine of Turney and like our first Valentine he was killed by Claudius though this time it was outside the gates of Rome and the poor man was beheaded. Yeah, that's just, that's just not nice. Isn't this so romantic so far? Um, <laughs> finally, um, we have one last potential Valentine here. Now, this third Valentine may have been a man that was in prison. Um, and 
what happened while he was staying in prison um he fell in love with a lady in the prison um some of the stories say that it was actually the jailer's daughter and when he knew that he was going to die he'd known that from the start but when he knew his execution day was drawing closer he wrote a letter to this woman that he loved and he signed it from your valentine um so for some people some historians uh, that is where we get valentine's tradition from so that may or may not as it turns out be the origin of the valentine part of valentine's day um now moving on to the day part of it and we're going to look at why it's on the 14th of february and again this is really confusing like there's no definite evidence to say this is where it started this is why we do it um as with so many things in our culture it's just grown and developed from bits and pieces all over the place and we've got what we've got now but uh, some of the stories for um february the 14th for some people the 14th of february was actually the day that one of those valentines was killed which is why that would be st valentine's day um another option is that it was chosen to supersede a pagan festival it's called lupercalia or lupercalia i'm not entirely sure um l-u-p-e-r-c-a-l-i-a um however you pronounce it it was um the festival of fertility which was actually on the 15th um of february um but the thinking was that the Christians came in like they do and when we don't like your ideas so we're going to make our own and we're going to put them on top of yours so that we draw people away um, from going to see your festivals you know it's like when two competing film companies put out great big films and it's like you know well you were so hyped for this one film but ah no this one's coming so come and see us instead and all that kind of nonsense so to be honest, the Christians have been doing that for ages. Um, no offence to any Christians listening. Um, that is how religions evolve. Um, I'm not casting any aspersions or anything like that. So, um, why ever it was chosen, um, we can really start to see the 14th of February becoming popular as Valentine's Day towards the end of the 5th century. And by the end of the 17th century it was a, a popular public holiday the first mentions of a valentine's day that we get uh, comes from chaucer he writes um in the parliament of fowls for this was sent on valentine's day when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate that is basically the evidence we've got to go on, on on why it is the 14th the last little bit of valentine's tradition that i wanted to look into uh, was cupid sometimes even more so than saint valentine himself cupid is sort of the poster child poster baby for valentine's day that little flying baby in his nappy is just all over this holiday um and the thinking behind that is that Cupid was a Romano-Greek god um, 
the Romans very much liked conquering places and then sort of merging those cultures, gods, into their own. So Cupid was a god made of Roman origin and Greek origin. And the Greek god that he uh, came from was called Eros, the god of love, which is why Cupid is now associated with love and, of course, Valentine's Day because that is the the one day of the year where we're publicly allowed to love each other. <laughs> so that's a very brief, very spotted history of Valentine's Day. Sorry about that, I can only work with the sources I've got. Um, now let's have a look at what it meant to Jane Austen and her fellow Georgian Britons. Rather like a lot of public holidays in the UK, the way we celebrate Valentine's Day today has come about from the Victorian era. So we have to take a couple of steps back and get rid of some of the associations that we have with Valentine's Day already to sort of understand it from a Georgian perspective. It was still a day of love and declarations and sharing, but it was nowhere near as mass-produced as it became in the Victorian era and has just grown into this massive, massive event uh, now. Valentine's Day really was only sort of celebrated on that day, that was it. Um, there was the ability to print mass print cards, uh, but in the Georgian era, Valentine's cards were usually handmade and handwritten and it was a beautiful little drawing with a few lines of verse on it and they were sent anonymously, usually from young men to young women and there were even books published of what kind of verses you could use in your Valentine's or how to accept or decline a Valentine if you were a Georgian lady. Um, so it was all very quiet, very down low, very sort of scaled back from what we know today, towards the sort of mm, sort of towards the end of the Georgian era, as we're coming into sort of the 1820s nearly, um, it had sort of become tradition for lovers, but also friends to sort of exchange gifts and cards on Valentine's Day. It was it wasn't just about love between a person and their partner. It was about the love between friends and family and all that kind of thing, which is actually really sweet. I like the idea of that. And it was something that all the classes did, whether they were working class or upper class. And because of that, there are wild variations in what the cards looked like and what was written in them. Um, and, of course, how many we have to look at. Because, obviously, when they're handmade and unique it's very hard to keep hold of these things if somebody decides to throw it away <laughs> you know like Cassandra did with all of Jane's letters thank you Cassandra um, <laughs> we're only left with a portion of what was available at the time however just for you my darling addicted Austinites I have managed to track down a Regency Valentine's card um, and I thought I'd read you the little um, verse that this person had written to their sweetheart. So this is set on a beautiful card, drawings of birds and roses. Um, the love hearts again would come later with Victoria but yes beautiful card and very beautiful penmanship. Um, we find this poem 
I dream my heart consuming lay on Cupid's burning shrine. I thought he stole my heart away and placed it near to thine. I saw my heart begin to melt like ice before the sun. Till both aglow congenial fell and mingled into one. It's very, very sweet. And from what Google has told me, it's not, at least it's not a well-known poem. Um, so more likely than not, this is an original composition written by the person sending this Valentine. It's no less gushy or romantic than anything we get in Hallmark cards today. Um, just perhaps the circumstances and the ways in which it was given um, were slightly different. So, uh, as with other public holidays that we've talked about on the podcast, the Georgians definitely had a more scaled-back celebration of Valentine's Day than we do today. But, as we said, it may be that the Georgians actually celebrated more types of love when they were celebrating Valentine's Day. Uh, not just the love between partners, but the love between your friends and your family as well. And... That gives me lovely little visions of Jane sat at her writing desk trying to think up humorous verses uh, to send to her friends and family and tease them on Valentine's Day. She probably never did it and I don't know if we'll ever find evidence for it but I think it's a lovely thing to think of um, and I really hope she did. <laughs> There we go. Thank you so much for listening to the first new Addicted Austenite episode of 2020. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope that you will continue to listen to um, the podcast. If you have any comments about this episode or about any of the episodes or any questions about Jane Austen in general or Georgian history or if you just want to chat really, um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter I am at Kath Price Author and I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, Catherine Price Author, nicknamed The Addicted Austinite. So uh, give it a look if you have anything you want to say. And I will see you next week, next Sunday. We are going to be back to form and we're going to be looking, starting our in-depth look at Emma. Thanks again and happy reading. Your faithful servant the author.